Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons with Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. The sermon you are about to hear can also be downloaded at www.grenadachurch.com. We know you are going to be blessed. Now, on to the message. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man who strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one who beats the air, but I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, lest that by any means, when I preach to others, I myself should be cast away. Father, we love you. We come to you one more time, Lord, in the name of Jesus, asking for your blessings over your word. I'm a frail human being. I need your help to minister this word. And your promise is your word wouldn't come back void. It would do its intended purpose. And we believe and trust that today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And we say amen. I'm going to talk to you about the runner's reward today. In our intro... In our opening text, Paul is, if you've been keeping up with us in the book of Acts study, he has went around, he has uh, set up these churches, he had set up the ones in Corinth and Ephesus, and he writes these letters back to the church to tell them, encouraging them these last days, you have to understand that most of the Letters that Paul wrote back to the church, he's winding down. He knows his end is coming. He knows that his time is just about up. They've imprisoned him. He knows that he's going to be uh, sacrificed for the cause of Christ or martyred. Martyred would be a better word. And he's telling the people, don't give up because you're so close to finishing the race, finishing your course. And my friends, if this verse ever meant anything to a generation of people, it ought to speak mounds to us in this day that we live in because just ahead is our heavenly reward there's something that is little taught anymore in the church a few of things are one of them is the rapture of the church uh, end times are not is not taught that much you can find a lot in social media but be careful what you listen to but there's something that i i don't hear many people talk about at all if any i'm one of the few to say that You hear this talked about very little, and it's called the judgment seat of Christ. What's the judgment seat of Christ? You know, the church is taught many times that we're we're pretty good at teaching at, I think, that when you're saved and you go to heaven and you escape the great white throne judgment, you're not judged unto sin, but there's something called the judgment seat of Christ. And that means that when the church is raptured out, when the dead in Christ shall rise and meet Christ in the air, when that event has happened, which is due to happen soon, it's the next event on God's calendar because the Bible has been fulfilled pretty much to this date. There's not anything really left other than the rapture of the church and the revealing of the Antichrist to bring in the end times. And while the end times is happening here on earth, there's going to be something called the judgment seat of Christ. And that is where believers stand before Jesus Christ and they are judged on their works. You know, you just don't walk into heaven and 
Well, well, in a sense, yes. I mean, you show up in heaven, but you're still judged for your works. And you will either gain rewards or lose rewards. And heavenly rewards is such a neglected subject. We speak of homes here on earth, and, you know, if I went and bought a new house, I'm no different than anybody else. If I got a new house, I, boy, Randy, you wouldn't believe what we were blessed with. I got a, I got a new home, man. It's sharp. It's a two-bedroom trailer. 1990 model. I done upgraded. But we don't talk about our heavenly home very much. Pulpits have almost forgot about this. We talk about security and nest eggs here on earth or promotions, but those things have no eternal rewards. All those things are going to disappear one day. They're going to be gone. Everything that we've worked for here on this earth so hard, and there's nothing wrong with that for wanting to better yourself or your family or the church. Nothing wrong with that at all, but those things are temporary at very best. Jesus taught us to lay up our treasures in heaven. You know, when we get saved, it, we're not just here to sit on the pews and go home and wait till the next Sunday or whenever we come back, Wednesday, whenever we come back to church. That it, that's just a very small part of Christianity. We're here to labor while we're here on this earth. In Matthew six nineteen and 20, Jesus said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures here on this earth. Don't put the emphasis on the things here. It, and he continued on saying, where moth and rust do corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and rust will never corrupt it, and thieves are not going to break in and steal it. Uh, we want to lay up our rewards in heaven, and you shouldn't consider that to be greedy or self-centered, because the Bible this teaches this. It is a... It's very correct. It is Bible doctrine that we should work and labor here on this earth for our treasures in heaven. And There's crowns in the Bible. It says there are special rewards that go to those who run life's race well here on this earth. It means that if we run this race well with Jesus Christ, there are crowns laid up for us in heaven. So what's involved in this race? What are the, its rewards? Paul uses the analogy of a, a runner. And the reason he did that in those days, sports were um, very popular like they are now uh, today, that they had competitions all over in that area. They had arenas built and people would gather to see these events. So the participants in the race is the first thing he talks about. In verse 24 he says that many runners enter the race and only one of them wins a prize. So he says, run to win. So these that enter the race, they have to have a starting point. And the starting point in this race is salvation. Romans 10 and 9, Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shall believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. That's where you begin the race at. And don't let anybody complicate that for you. Don't let anybody add water baptism to that. Don't let anybody add the way you dress to that or what church you attend. A whole host of things that we could name. And it may seem very repetitive, but it still goes on to this hour that people add 
things to salvation that you've got to do, 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 do this, and you've got to accomplish this. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and confess with your mouth, you believe that in your heart, the Bible says you're saved. Amen? Amen, Brother Wilson. It says that I'm saved. I don't have to do anything else. So I've entered this race once I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. But not everybody's in this race for heavenly rewards. It's sad to say that some will come down, they'll say a prayer, and they do it for other motives. They want, they want to be uh, something here on this earth. They want God to do something for them. Uh, the unsaved enter a race to hell and keep store. All they do is store up wrath. There's many people that are in this race to eternity, but they're not going to heaven. Uh, fire waits at the finish line for them. And the only prize they'll receive for running that race is judgment. And you have to understand why you're here on this earth when you see somebody blessed here upon this earth and they seem to be uh, evil and wicked people. You have to understand that they're having their fun for a season here and for a short time. But sooner or later, that race they've been running will be met with fire and judgment. And everybody's, um, everything about a sinner's race is temporary except the eternal punishment. That means that in, in this life, somebody that's a sinner and they never accept Jesus Christ as their Savior the only thing that will be permanent in their life is that eternal punishment. And they can count on that. That's something else that's missed from the uh, pulpit so many times. Is Somehow people think it's, there's a do-over in eternity. And there's not. I'm no fan of deathbed confessions. Why? I believe you can do it because we don't understand how God's grace and mercy, how deep it runs, is humans. I, I understand somebody can get... Uh, saved at the last minute, but that's not what Paul teaches here. Paul teaches this is a, from the point you're saved, it's a race that you run to uh, finish it and finish it well in eternity with Jesus Christ. Those who've been born again are in life's most important race. My friends, the most important thing you can do in this life is serve Jesus Christ. Nothing else is more important than that. Come on now. Nothing else is more important than serving Jesus Christ. Be honest with yourself a little bit and look in the mirror and see what your priority is in life. If your priority is anything else but Jesus Christ, you're not running this race well. I'm not telling you you won't do other things along the way. You might uh, enjoy sports or hunting or fishing, and inherently there's nothing wrong with those things. You might love your job. My mom does. My mom absolutely loves her job. 81 years old, and she told me to get out of her business. And she said, I'll do what I want to. Got mad at me. I ain't talked to her since Mother's Day. And, but she just enjoys that. But one thing still in her life that I know that it doesn't take priority over Jesus Christ. Nothing in this world should take priority over Him and sharing this gospel with the people around you. Folks, there you, you are the best witness we have for the kingdom of God. You, 
Not Brother Wilson standing up here teaching the Christians on Sunday morning or Wednesday nights or Sunday nights. Not the evangelist coming and getting you fired up. Although those are tools that God uses in his kingdom, still yet, you are the best witness for Jesus Christ. You can see more people saved. Amen? You can see more people saved just by your testimony. And rewards await every believer at the finish line. The finish line is the judgment seat of Christ for you as a believer. That is the finish line. Now, when's the last time you heard that? I told you that many preachers preach that anymore. Your finish line is essentially the judgment seat of Christ where you stand before him and you give account here on, for what you did here on this earth. That is the finish line for the Christian. And it's not gained by how great you did. It's staying in the race that counts. It's staying in this race and finishing it is what Paul taught. Uh, it's not how well you've run that race. Uh, I, boy, I'm, I don't want to sound too confusing here. Yes, it matters what we do, but I, it's not how fast you ran the race. It's that you finish this race. It's better to limp in in this race and to finish it than it is to have a sprint for a little while and then just quit. Too many people are getting saved. Too many people are coming to churches and they sprint for a little while and they're out of breath, spiritually speaking, and they just quit the race. That story repeats thousands and thousands and thousands of times in churches throughout the United States, probably the world. And that is a sad indictment up on the church that nobody teaches Christians anymore. You have to finish this race. You can't quit. It's about endurance. It's about staying in the race. The winners in this race are the ones who finish it. That's the winners in this race. The winners at the judgment seat of Christ, if you want to put it that way, are the ones who finish this race, and they do not quit. We have people that have been in churches all their life that are quitting this happens left and right. I have been simply amazed at some of the people that I have seen in Christianity since I was born again in August of 2005 that have quit this race. And they have just said, well, it's just too hard. I can't do this anymore. And I'm not simply talking just about church attendance. I'm talking about just being a Christian, period. Other texts speak of this race, Philippians 3 and 14, I press towards the mark of the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. My friends, we have a, uh, the call is to finish it. Paul repeated this many times, Hebrews 12 and 1. I love this verse. Wherefore, we see all around us, we're encompassed with so great cloud of witness. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and watch. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I'll explain this a little better. That cloud of witnesses is all the people that went before you. That's Paul. That's Peter. That's John. That's Andrew. It's all those that, that were before you. It was your grandmothers that finished this race. It was your grandfathers that say, stayed true to Jesus Christ. Gary, it was your mother that finished that race. Amen. Randy, it was your mother that finished this race. 
And it's like they're all standing around in the cloud cheering you on. Amen. Judy, you're going to make it. Randy, keep on. Just hang on just a little while longer. You'll finish this race. You're going to have some tough days, but you'll finish it. Just keep on. It's like a, a crowd cheering you on. Terry, you're going to make it. Just hang on just a little while longer. Duck, you're going to make it because Terry's going to push you across the finish line. Amen. Just hang in there a little while longer. Brenda, we may have problems here on this earth, but we're going to make it because there are people that have went before you that have went through so many tough things, and their witness is that, hey, I went through this and I made it. I finished this race. You can make it too. Amen. That ought to have been time to shout, everybody. (laughs) Thank you for listening today. This radio station is listener supported, which means we rely on your donations to keep us on the air. We're a nonprofit organization, so your donations are tax deductible. We're on the air 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, playing Christian music and teaching programs. We have something for everyone. We're asking for your help today. We need your prayers and your financial support to stay on the air. Won't you please make a donation today? You can make a secure donation by going to our website at www.cross.radio. Thank you for your support and God bless you. But don't let that sin, that favorite sin, you say that word beset, that sin that does so easily beset us, don't let that sin, I call it the favorite sin, I think it could be translated, don't let that favorite sin that you have kick you out of this race. Some people it may be alcohol, some it could be drugs, some it could be unforgiveness. Oh, unforgiveness will kick you out of this race. Hatred towards your fellow brothers and sisters. There's a lot of things that can kick you out of this race. It ain't just one particular event, but you keep letting that sin that does so easily beset you, that favorite sin, and you keep going back to it and going back to it, and then you find out I just sprinted for a little while and I I quit the race. So how are you doing in the race? There was a man named Harold Abrahams. He was a champion sprinter. He had just suffered his first defeat. And after the race, he was alone. He was sitting in the bleachers pouting. And his girlfriend tried to come console him and say it's going to be all right. But Harold was having a big old pity party. He said, if I can't win, I won't run. But she replied, well, if you don't run, you can't win. Think about that. If you don't run, you can't win. Abrahams went on to win the 1924 gold medal in the 100-meter run. Amen. In the Olympics. Stay in the race. Sometimes you may not feel like it, but stay in the race. But don't do like this one lady. In the 1980 Boston Marathon, a young unknown runner by the name of Rosie Ruse was initially declared the winner in the marathon. In this women's division, it was 26 miles long. That's a long race. But her being new to the race, it was only her second marathon. A lot of questions come up. And they got to investigate, and they found out that she jumped on a subway and rode for 16 miles to get close to the finish line. 
When they found that out, yes, she was disqualified and lost the reward. But think of the sad spiritual implications on that. We have went through life and we, spiritually speaking, jumped on that subway and tried to bypass the things of Jesus Christ and doing it God's way. And we thought we could get into heaven our own way. And then when that day comes and we come out into eternity and we hear those words, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I know you not. Oh, but we cast out demons in your name. We did all these things in your name. And Jesus says, I don't know you. You have to finish this race his way. Look at verse 25 again. Um, Paul talked about athletes that worked hard for a crown they, that, that cannot last. It was just a temporary crown. But he said, we do it for a crown that lasts forever. We're, we're, we're doing this. I don't, now, this is one part of the gospel. I have to be careful so I don't sound like we're being self-centered and that we're doing this just for us. Just, oh, Pharaoh, I want to have that crown in heaven and I want to beat everybody else to heaven. And that's not the idea, but I can't excuse the God. I'm not going to try to make excuses for the gospel either yet because it says work for those crowns. Do your very best to work for Jesus Christ. And that's what the commandment is. And that's what I want to do because I want to work for that crown that lasts forever. I, and that crown of eternal life is forever. That, that's a long time. Forever is a long time. Forever is a long time. Come on now. That is a long time forever. Oh, I love this analogy. Many of y'all heard it, but it just, when I heard it, it was it blew my mind. But if it, there was a steel ball the size of earth, that's pretty big. And one time a day, a hummingbird come out and pecked that ball one time and went back. And it come back the next day and pecked it again one time. And then come back the next day, pecked it. But time that hummingbird wore that steel ball down to the size of a golf ball, eternity's just begun. Now, if it didn't do you no good, I'm sorry. It just spoke my eyes. Man, when I heard that, I just, I, that's a long time. Eternity is forever. You cannot wrap your mind around what is at stake. Most humans are running through life without the slightest clue is what is to coming to all of us in eternity. And I, I stand up here with just... I don't even know if I have a smidge of understanding of really what eternity is, but I do get this. It's a long time. Brother Harley, it's a long time. Randy, that's a long time with our family. I hope we get along with them. That's a long time. We're going to have a reunion like nobody else. Forever. You know, runners, when they start, they have a prize in view. When I start out a race, I, at one time I could run. I didn't hobble my whole life. I was in pretty good shape to let a doctor do a number on me. And, but the start when you begin a race, though, it, when you start a race, you kind of envision yourself breaking that tape and winning the race. Every runner does. If you're in a competition, you take off running, I've been in a few of my life, you envision breaking that tape. I'll never forget boot camp and eight weeks in the military. When I got there, boy, I thought I was a young buck in shape, and I found out I wasn't in shape. 
I found out I couldn't. I was coughing up Marlboro Lights the whole time I was there. <laughs> Thank goodness they didn't allow you smoking. Every week that would go by, they would give you a test, and before you leave boot camp, you had to be able to run two miles, and I think for my age group was nine minutes. You had to be able to run two miles nine minutes. So it was pretty pretty stout run, and. On the last one, there was like four or five of us the last time they said, well, you don't get it this time. You're going home. And I, that last race, I could just say, I'm, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to do it today. And I finally just grazed in on that two-mile run, that last one. It felt so good. And won't it feel so good, all the problems we've had here on this earth, all the pain, the suffering, and things we've had to go through here on the earth, the loved ones we've lost, and all those tears we've shed, and all the heartache we've had here, and all that will be gone. And the Bible says God himself will wipe all the tears from our eyes. Amen. Not nobody, not anybody else, not angels. God himself will wipe away the tears from our eyes. That's what the scripture says. So the prize we see ahead will keep us pressing on to the end of the race. And Paul referred to earthly games here so people could relate. And he referred to earthly uh, games here with corruptible crowns that had no lasting value. And he was probably referring to the Isthmian games uh, in the Corinthian citadel, which is basically just a, a coliseum. And he would watch the games and the prizes they were received. They were like garlands of pine and parsley or maybe olive and ivy, the little reefs on their head, and it meant something to people then. It would be the equivalent of like a, getting a Super Bowl ring nowadays. And boy, they valued them so much. But how temporary those prizes are that people seek after in life. Think about it. Every one of us can say, if we're honest with ourselves, all the things we put so much value on here in this life. Oh, if I could just accomplish this. Oh, if I could just have this or... I could get this person in my life, or boy, if I could get that new car, if I could get this job, and, I, and I've did this many times over, still make these mistakes sometimes. I've just learned in life, the more I learn, the more I follow Christ, I understand more and more just how temporary and worthless all those things are. You begin to realize that new car is just paint and metal. You begin to realize that new house, you know, one day I'm not going to have it. You realize all that bank account, things we may have stored up. I've got it sitting here, and I've let it sit there all these years, and I've did nothing with it. And Christ has been the whole time trying to tell us those things I've blessed you with here, those things I gave you, use it for the kingdom of God. Amen? Just make sure you're giving to the right uh, person. There's some people, in, even in this area, that are unscrupulous, and they'll take money and use it for their own benefit. Make sure you're giving to the right thing. Oh, we're not a perfect church, but I do know this. I can't say this about the lighthouse, and there are others, that we take the money that God gives us and we put it to use. We've made mistakes along the way, but we ultimately push towards that goal of witnessing and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I've learned this about God. Um, everything I've released to Him, Every time that I have paid my tithes and offerings back to him and I have gave to the work of God, God just comes in the back door with more. Amen? He just keeps giving me things. Really, he spoils me. 
He does. He gives me things I really don't deserve, Randy. Amen. He gives me things I don't deserve. He just spoils me. I'm a, I'm a little child, and he comes in and spoils me, but I make sure that whatever he prospers me with, I, I love giving. I love giving back to the work of God because I know that God is going to use that to bless somebody. He'll bless me along the way. It's a win-win situation for everybody because I know that's what God is talking about. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven because every time that I now go by to that person, well, I don't know if they're sitting there begging for money. They probably could go get a job and floor the gas, don't even look at it. But now I stop. Hey, here's a $20 bill. I don't know if you deserve it or not. I don't know if you're going to go get some dope with it. I don't care. I want to lay up some treasures for myself. I hope this blesses you. The reason I've done said this twice this week, I learned a lesson last week. <laughs> a big one. There was an older man in front of Walmart, and that thought hit me. Boy, he could be working. He could be doing something instead of begging for money. And I did something come over me and said, don't do that. You go give him something. And I took some money out of my pocket and I gave it to him. And he walked up to the car. It all hit me at once what was going on. He was just an old man that was just down, didn't have anything. And his car, he needed gas money. He was trying to get somewhere. And he uh, had a look on his face that just he had had a hard life for a number of years. And when I gave him that money, he said something that I could just tell it was from his heart. He said, God bless you and thank you. And he ran to that car as quick as he could to go get him some gas and keep on going to where he was going. I don't, I don't, I've learned to leave the judging to God and things like that. If I know there's, somebody needs a Bible, buy them a Bible. If I know somebody uh, needs to hear the gospel over that radio station, I give to it. There's so many ways we just keep sowing and sowing. And we lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven. Accumulated wealth in this life has no value at your life's end. When your day comes, either by the rapture, which I'm believing is close to happening, or if it comes by the grave, all those things will have absolutely no value. First Timothy 6 and 7, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain you carry nothing out. It prestige and popularity are fading rewards that often are lost before the finish line. How many people have this year that have fame and fortune? Really, fame has become <laughs> even less valuable on this earth because of social media. Seems like everybody has their 15 minutes under the sun or whatever you call it, 15 minutes of fame, and then it's just all gone. And what was it for? So many, so many people will compromise just even their integrity and uh, they'll compromise who they are as a human being just to be known for a few minutes. But Christians, we race for lasting rewards at Christ's return. That's when all these rewards are going to come. Look in verse 26 and 27 again. He, Paul said, I don't run without a goal. And there was something about beating in the air. And what this means is, they understood boxing at that time, but he said, I don't box by beating my fist in the air. It's kind of some strange words in Elizabeth and English, but that's what it means. If me and Gary were to box, it wouldn't do me much good to beat my hands in the air, would it? I need to land some punches. I need to make them count. But they were talking about the sports they played in that area because they boxed. And he's saying, I don't beat my hands in the air. I, uh, in life, spiritually speaking, I make my 
when I land the punch, I make it count. Um, and said, I therefore run not as uncertainly. There is no doubt about Paul's intention to win the prize. He could care less what other people thought. He eventually, if they didn't want to follow him, if they didn't want to follow Jesus Christ, he could care less about what they were doing. He had his eyes focused, and that's not being mean. You reach a certain point with some people, if they don't want to follow after Jesus Christ, you can't make them change their mind. You, it, and that, you tell them, if they don't accept it, shake the dust off and keep moving. Now, I know family members may be a little bit different situation, but with anybody... It, we don't have to waste our time and energy with things that are going to be unfruitful because there is short, our life is so short. There's too much out there to do, too much to gain in this world, meaning souls. There's so many things we can be working on and doing, and we cannot waste our time with one little area. But it's great for those that come along and they gather up beside us and finish this race with us. Now, Paul had his eyes fixed on the prize at the finish line. I've got to read Philippians 3 and 13 and 14. Chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Watch this. Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Keeping in mind that Paul was a murderer. He was equivalent of a Hitler. Is who he was before he got saved. He was having Jews killed. He was having women and children thrown into jail. He would even have widows thrown into jail. And that, that's a pretty serious uh, uh, thing to do, being a Christian. You had all that in your past life, and then God saves you, but you still have that all behind you. And what did he say to do with it? Leave it behind you. It, whatever mistakes you've made, whatever sin has cropped up in your life in the past and other people won't forgive you, you can't sit there uh, wallow around in that. You can't sit there and let that define who you are. You have to be defined who you are by that new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? If you let other people define your life, guess where most people want you to stay? They don't want to see you advance. They don't want to see you do well. Most people don't. Now, some do. I, I feel... Safe to say the people of the lighthouse, I, and don't make me change my mind. <laughs> but I don't think there's a soul in here this morning or other ones that are, I, I believe everyone would want to see people prosper and do well here. But most of the world out there, Brother Randy, they don't want to see you succeed. They're sitting there watching all, and that's why I don't put your failures on Facebook. Oh, I knew it wouldn't be long. Look at them. I told you. I knew. I've been preaching now 17 years. If I was going to get out in trouble, maybe drink or some alcohol, I know the first words out there, I knew it was coming. I just knew it. I knew he would fail. But don't let your past define who you are. Leave that behind you. Are you hear me today? Leave your sin behind. Look forward to this prize that's ahead. You have to finish this race. We're almost home. I press towards the mark of the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Leave all those things behind. Reach forward to Jesus Christ. And I'm about to wrap this up. Winning the prize, though, demands something of you. It demands subjection to the Holy Spirit. 
The third person of the Godhead, if you're saved today, is living inside of you. And God wants all of you, not just part of you. Paul brought his body into subjection. Yeah, he left everything behind, but he let the Holy Spirit examine him. He showed that to us. How did he do that? But we preach Christ and Him crucified is how he started 1 Corinthians out. Where I've been reading from, at the very beginning of this book, they were arguing in Corinth about who baptized who. And Paul started the book out by saying, thank God I didn't baptize any of you. Then he got to remembering, and you could see his thoughts on paper. He said, well, I did baptize one or two of you, but Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel lest the cross of Christ should have no effect in our life. And he, he went on to say, but we preach Christ and Him crucified. And, those, and for those that are saved, it is the power of God. This is how the Holy Spirit works in our life, my friends, is by what we believe in. And when you believe in Christ and what He's accomplished at Calvary, that's the beginning of the race, salvation. And you never move that faith. You never veer to the left and right. You keep going forward in that same faith. And that cloud of witnesses is cheering you on. You're going to make it. And, and you don't give in to lust or laziness anymore. And we're, we're willing to pay the price to be in that winter circle in heaven. Amen. And as we stand before Jesus Christ. And all these robes and crowns are giving out. And we're all cheering the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I can't help but see in my mind that we're going to take all them re rewards. And cast them before his feet. And say worthy is the Lamb who is to be praised forever and ever. Enter the race. By faith in Christ. And finish this race with faith in Christ. Would y'all stand with me this morning? We're so glad you joined us today. This is the place to come for the best in Christian music and sermons. We know that life can be tough, but we believe that God has a plan for each of us. And we want to help you find that plan. So please, stay tuned for more messages of hope and encouragement. Here at Power of the Cross Radio, we believe in the power of prayer. If you have a need, visit our prayer wall on the website at www.cross.radio. We also believe in the power of Christian music to touch hearts and change lives. So please keep listening. And if you know someone who might need a little encouragement, tell them about Power of the Cross Radio. We cover a wide mix of Christian music. Check the website schedule for more details. And if you have any questions, email us at info at cross.radio. You can also call us at 662-294-0608. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. You can visit their website at cfministry.com.